Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Woodman Corner, the West Bromwich Albion podcast that says he'll be back next week and then has a whole year off. Uh, I am Graham Brown. I'm here with my Birmingham Live colleagues, Kieran Doody. Hi, Graham. And Joe Chapman. Hello, Graham. And I'm going to very briefly just apologise for the fact that we never actually said we were stopping. Uh, we, uh, I've moved offices. It became difficult to record Woodman Corner. However, um, I started to listen to podcasts recently and I noticed it wasn't a good Albion one, so I decided to record one so I could listen to it. Uh, for those who haven't been around for a while, uh, we are three people who all work, all work for Birmingham Live. However, it's not one of those official football podcasts where we just sort of talk about what happened in the game before. Uh, I run Black Country Live, which is awesome, and you should look it out. Uh, Kieran and uh, Joe both work on the football desk, but aren't necessarily uh, the sort of people who are tied to the football club and have to uh, be terribly nice to it. However, Joe gets out to the games. Uh, reports on the forest so, and has an encyclopedic knowledge of everything. Anyway, this week we're going to talk about a few things. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about um, Oliver Burke, uh, views on the summer transfers, uh, and also I'm going to premiere my new game, uh, Play Your West Bromwich Albion Cards Right, which there is quite a lot of... It rolls, it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it certainly does. Uh, but let's start. I think, I think the talking point at the moment is Oliver Burke... Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to preempt this too much, but obviously he played the other night against Millwall. Um, Joe, you reported on it for Bowie Live. How did you feel Oliver Burke did? I thought he was very poor. I'm a little bit concerned that having been at the club for now, he's now into his third season, we still actually don't know what his best, best position is. It seems that every time he plays, he is utilised in two different positions. So he started this game in particular on the right hand side with Carl Edwards and uh, Grady Dean Garner playing uh, alongside him, kind of in the hole behind Charlie Austin. Then when Austin came off, which was the plan, because he, he's obviously still battling, um, or, or rather try, improving his fitness levels, the idea was that Burke would play the final half an hour of the game uh, in a central forward role. Problem there being that by this point, Albion were 2-1 down, chasing the game, and by Billich's own admission didn't have any kind of presence in the penalty area. I actually think, I mean, that's, that's right, but I actually think two things about that. Firstly, the positional thing is a bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card for Burke, because Burke has played in his position for Albion plenty out wide, he's just never really done anything. And I will also say that that, just to make another point, maybe we'll come back to Billich in a bit, but the fact that Billich thought that 2-1 down, putting Oliver Burke alone up front was the answer, was something of a concern. I mean, what do you think, Kieran? Has, has, has he got a future at the club? Well, how do you want to see the Oliver Burke story pan out now? Well, I'd lo- obviously, I'd like to see him do well and play for us for many years to come, but I think that's his Albion career dead in the water now, to be mm-hmm. honest. He's had... I saw a lot of talk on Twitter about it's. he doesn't look like he likes football, and you've got to, you've got to agree, really. It's like, when he's playing, he's... He hasn't got a natural footballing brain. I think when he's playing off instinct and he's running towards the ball and he looks half okay, but and if, if you ask him to do anything which requires a bit of football knowledge, it just goes missing. And it's it's a shame because I don't think it's all his fault. I think he's been given, well, not given too much, but too much happened to him too early. Mm-hmm. He's never had a chance to develop. And I think he's just been kind of left behind and he's kind of in the abyss for a good four or five years now. And that just, it was before Albion. I'd say as soon as he left Nottingham Forest, his career's just completely stagnated since then. Yeah. And it's more for Albion for paying £15 million for him, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's it. It's, it's just a story of you spend so much money that you can't de- you can't yeah. write it off. When I mean, the truth is that. And I was just saying, you know, they, they, I saw someone say on Twitter the other day, you know, would you sell him if someone came in for £6 million? I thought, it's going to cost yeah. £6 million to get rid of him. It, yeah. There's no question someone's coming in and bidding £6 million from him. If, if Burke goes from Albion, he goes for free, doesn't he? No one's, pay, no one's paying for Oliver Burke, are they? <sighs> well, there's supposedly interest from the Bundesliga, which is obviously where he's, he's had a spell already. Uh, what with their transfer window still being open until 
the end of the month, I think maybe even the first couple of days of September as well, there might still be a chance for another loan spell. I, I would imagine it to be another loan spell. I don't see any German clubs and coming in. a heavily subsidised loan spell as well, I'd imagine. Yeah, and he's had a, he's had a second half of a, he's had half a season at Celtic, which on paper I remember thinking to myself, that looks a really good move for him. At Brendan Rodgers, and of course we know the fallout since then, but the... the that Neil Lennon's not particularly in Luke Dowling's good books, yeah. not not in Albion's good books, and it, it was a pretty, I think it was a pretty indifferent campaign actually, a pretty indifferent loan spell he had. He he scored a few goals. He he scored really really early on. And the fans got quite excited by him again playing that forward role, but never really went on, uh, and ended up coming back just with a bit of a mixed reaction to to his stay up there. Going back to what Kieran says about the the, the too much too young. Again, it's not his fault. He's had 20, 28 million pounds in transfer fees spent on him. Mm-hmm. Somewhere, somebody, and it, it's not, it's obviously because it's two clubs now. It's not just yeah. Albion. Somewhere, someone, somewhere sees a lot in him, or saw a lot in him, yeah. or saw a lot in him at the time. You think, oh, we're going to have to pay thirty million to get him out of Forest, and they did that. And Leipzig are the kind of team that, you know, you look at the these young lads that have coming over to Germany. Sancho, Luckman, Reese Oxford, Reese Nelson. He was in that category of, you know, we're going to look out for the young British talent. And it's just, it's, he started two matches, two league games for West Brom. It's and not just that, it's, he's in these formative years of his career. And, you know, there was a manager change at Leipzig. Then he moves to West Brom, where they had three, well, four managers, including caretakers in his time. Then he goes to Celtic, Brendan Rodgers leaves, when it's starting to go well for him. Rogers leaves, so it's just he can't really catch a break, can he? And he he's never going to improve. He's got no one to look think, up to, really. I think that's true, but I think I think I, I don't think that's a story of Oliver. I, th- I think the yeah. story of Oliver Burke really is that the talent actually isn't there that underlies it. Because I do think, and I think you're right, and he's been moved around. But I mean, fundamentally, he's a he's a bloke that's got pace and very little else, and he's been yeah. played as such. The only person who isn't playing him like that is um, Billich, and if Billich doesn't learn that quickly, actually that's the point maybe maybe to end on that, 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 that I think about it. My concern about Burke is that there's a lot of new signings, and Zahor is a really good example of this, that I think it's too early, to, it's way too early to judge, and you know, there's already some negativity around him, and that's bad. I think the problem with, with Burke is, you can't stop that now, the negativity is warranted, the fans are going to be negative, if Billich picks him again, it's going to, it, it's going to bring a bad air around the club, and I almost think it's got to a point now where... Be certain he's going to do something or don't pick him because actually you're not going to be helping everyone else out. That crowd is not going to be happy to see Burke come on the pitch again unless he scored five goals in the under-23s or something. I've not seen a player dug out by... I know that social media can be the extreme end of a, of a fan base. I totally accept that. But I've never seen such a consistent uh, reaction of one player being kind of scapegoated and, and dug out the way Burke was after the, uh, the AFL Cup game against Millwall for a long, long time. I think they'd give him leeway if there was effort, but he just seems just a complete passenger. He doesn't seem interested in what's going on. I think this this fifteen million, this fifteen twenty eight million, however much you want, if you wanted to kind of accumulate it all, I think it works both ways because yeah. you are. He's now into his third season at the club. He scored a single goal, which was twelve months ago mm-hmm. against Luton. In against the Luton in the cup in the same round of the EFL Cup. Yeah. With a fifteen million pound, he's the second most expensive player West Brom have ever had. Mm-hmm. So you need to. There is going to be uh, a commitment from Albion to make this work. Yeah, it's at what point you kind of cut it off and just say, "Well, that, it's just not going to work." I think it works both ways in terms of the fee because you're waiting for that investment. You're waiting to see what the club have invested in, and you want to give it the best opportunity to really flourish. But at the same time, when you're spending fifty million quid on a player, you expect the patience only lasts so long before the expectation kicks in. And if it had cost three million quid, you'd say, oh, "Okay, that was a that was a bad one," and move him on. But fifty million quid for a guy who's still only twenty two years old. Yeah, yeah. It, it's all right. Let's move on from Burke because there's a lot to get through in this podcast. As soon as we've been away for a year, uh, so we're, we're, we're going to, I'm about to talk about thoughts on summer transfers. We could do thoughts on last summer's transfers as it's been so long. But let's go this summer anyway, Joe. Mm. So introduce each player we signed this uh, this summer, and let's talk them through. They've been busy. Uh, it took a while. Yeah. There was obviously the the appointment of Billich that had to be made, the appointment of a manager that had to be made, and Billich came in, and uh, for a long, long time, Philip Kravinovich from Benfica, his compatriot, was the only arrival. There was a lot of unrest again in the summer that you know, Albion had let go of something like 13, 14 players, 16 if you wanted to include the kids that were 
taken off the uh, club by bigger clubs and then there was a bit of a kind of a, a flurry of signings they brought in Kenneth Zahor for £8 million they signed uh, Romain Sawyers for £3 million from Brentford they brought in uh, uh, Shemi Ajayi from Rotherham Darnell Furlong from Queen's Park Rangers so they were kind of you know plugging gaps that had been left behind by the likes of Craig Dawson Alan Neon Jay Rodriguez then they moved on uh, to deadline day, brought in four players within the space of about four hours. Yeah. Uh, signed Grady Diangano on loan for West Ham, who's very, very highly rated by West Ham and who Billich knows very well. There was also Matthias Pereira on loan from uh, Sporting Lisbon. There was Chris Willock on loan from Benfica, who has been playing for their B team after leaving Arsenal. And uh, there was another player as well, wasn't there? Charlie Austin. Austin of course yeah. <laughs> yeah, slightly, slightly, slightly big name yeah. probably the biggest name to arrive at the club Charlie Austin who of course scored on his debut but he cost £4 million from Southampton well let's go let's take him through in the order that you just talked about so, let's kick off with Kravinovic yeah. um, I've seen him a couple of times now I, I thought the first, I, I'm hopeful for him and I think he plays in a really important position I think he actually is, it's, it's interesting that he's potentially the only person in the squad who isn't really a, a like for like replacement for him maybe right. actually Austin would be the other person in that, in, in that category um, but I think he's had a really good start he, um, I thought uh, there, was a, there was a thing I saw at Forest which, which is our highlight so far that I loved which was there was a point where Albion was sort of wavering a bit and I noticed um, Kovinovic Sawyers and Livermore got together I never saw that last season. A cohesive central midfield that was was playing a controlling role and uh, and did that. There was a few things he did also did at Forest, which is there's a couple of times where he could have put up for a, a ball and didn't. But all in all, I'm pleased with Kavinovic, and I think he's going to be a really good Championship player. Yeah, what do you reckon? I Kieran? think he's um, he's kind of the next Barnes, if you know what I mean. Like the crikey. You know, I don't, I'm not <laughs> no going to say it. Phil. he's nowhere near. That. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but I think you know to bridge the cap, gap from midfield to the strikers. I think we missed that a lot towards the end of last season. Um, he's very near on the ball. I mean, it's a lazy comparison, but he's very much a Tashira type player, isn't he? I think so. I, I hear Robert Corrin all the time. Yeah. It's, it's not just the long. It's not just the long dark hair, is it? Is it I think it is. I mean, yeah. initially you think, oh look, it's sort of, he's got the face of Claudio Jakob. Yeah, he's, he's a bit of everyone, isn't he? He's yeah. definitely, definitely a Mowbray player. Yeah, he is. He's, he's, um, he's just really neat, isn't he? Everything he does is very precise, and he'll play it along the box. I mean, maybe you'd want him a little bit more direct now and again. I think he does kind of slow it down a bit sometimes. But from what we've seen so far, he's, he's, he'll, I reckon he'll be quite a key player for. Him. No, well, I don't, he, he, he changes players around him. I find like you know, yeah. even like even players like Ferguson, he makes players play. Neat triangles. He he makes them do it. I think that's good. What, what, what do you reckon, Jay? Have you like? I think he's really classy. I actually think, from what I've seen so far from all the signings, I think he's among the most promising. The one that's impressed me the most. He came on against Millwall in the cup and really, really tried to affect the game in the games that he's played. I really impressed with him at Forest. And you're right. It's not something that Albino have really particularly utilised that number ten role for a little while now. Really, no, no, and he really bounces out for that reason. He's playing. He's playing in between that line of, of the, the centre forwards and the centre midfielders, and you can you can see what Billich is trying to do. With especially when you have got Gareth Barry to come in as well in the in the coming weeks with Livermore there as well, who I thought was very good last Saturday, and Sawyer's, who's a real just kind of mops up everything, picks the ball up, and, and starts attacks. And Kravinovic is only too happy to come and get the ball off the likes of Sawyers and then kind of trying to weave some magic in the final thirds. I really, really like him. He's only a young lad and he's brand new to English football, but I've not seen anything so far from him that suggests that he's struggled to adapt quickly. I think it's probably worth just to move out of, out of order to mention Sawyers because it's, it's kind of a similar thing. I mean, I, what I really like about Kravinovic, Sawyers, and I actually don't think it matters to the other one, be it Harper, Livermore, or Barry. Is it's a unit that we never had last season at any point. We never had midfielders that, that suit each other well. So to talk about, I think Sawyer's is the best transfer they've made this summer. I think I still can't fathom why it's three million, and that worries me because I really do think I think people talk a lot of rubbish about transfers. You know, a bit like a bit like a Jay or something. Why is he? Why are we buying him for one point five million? Because uh, his contract's going up. Yeah, there's still another ninety-one clubs that could buy him. A market is a market. If a player's worth five million pounds, someone will pay it. I don't think you can underestimate the the kind of like the uh, desire of Sawyer's to actually come back as well. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Sawyer's has made it very, very clear that West Brom is where he wanted to be. 
he's got one year left on his contract Brentford was not going to sign a new deal and when he knew that Albion were in for him that was that was it there were other championship clubs that wanted him as well and a lot of championship clubs would have been interested at that price no doubt but for someone and you know you've seen what it meant to him he's very very kind of uh, he's, he's a real presence on social media and he, he's been able to kind of share his emotions and uh, of playing at front of the Hawthorns something he's had to wait six years to do but what a player is well, he plays really well within himself which is what I love you know, I don't feel like I, again I don't sound always so cheap because I, I watch him and I think he just he's always available and he gives it and, and he gives it and moves and you know I've seen before that he's capable of scoring the odd goal but he's just so integral it doesn't matter if he never scores he, he kind of knits it all together um, and, and he seems like he's going to do it every week what, what do you think Kieran? Well, I, I think he will be one of the best signings we've done this summer He's, um, he's different to what we've had I think our issue in the past is we've, our central midfield have all been the same player basically carbon copies yeah. we've bought players that complement each other now There's, there seems yes. to be like a bit of a system and Sawyers is just he can allow Livermore to do what he does now Livermore was expected yeah, okay he had to sit back and defend last season but he still had to do the attacking side as well because the players next to him were the same player whereas he can let Sawyers take it through midfield then you've got Karanovic that can take it into attack and they just complement each other's game perfectly. Yeah. And I think that's the difference to what we were watching last year. And the younger. We needed we've needed legs in midfield for years. To be honest, you look and back at some of the times last year, you know, where they played Brunton and Livermore and you think, well, what do you think was gonna happen? Yeah, it's it's the same. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. It was pointless. It was like that time that uh God, I'm going back now. Do you remember Cyril Regis, the Cyril Regis day? Yes. Oh, Played yeah. Southampton and in midfield of uh, Barry and Yakov. Yeah. Who, it's it's going to happen. It, it, we said it on this podcast. <laughs> it happened. I've, li- I've yeah. listened back to this podcast a lot recently, actually, and uh, I- I've been very kind to not point out quite how much you rated Oliver Burke for quite a long period of this. <laughs> but anyway, moving on to something Listen, else. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> right to say, you just like the sound of your own voice, don't you, Graham? Joe, <laughs> just as Kieran runs the uh, the Chris Brunt fan club, you run the Oliver Burke fan club, let me say. Uh, which actually has taken a blow on Instagram recently. Um, <laughs> Ajayi, so let's talk about him. Uh, I'm going to start because I've, uh, I, I, I've got a feeling about Ajayi. He ain't going to work out. Mm, I was worried okay. when they signed him because for the reason I've already outlined that I don't actually believe that that can happen. You can sign a player that everyone knows about the championship for a bargain and no one, and we're brilliant because we paid 1.5 million. Leeds probably would have paid 5 million but we came to us for one. That doesn't happen. So I'm worried about that from the off. Uh, I, I, I don't I, don't get me wrong I, I think if there's a message to come from this podcast it's that you know let's not judge anyone after three games but if someone yeah. thinks about him uh, that, like I said, I mean, he looks to me like he's going to score goals for us. he looks to me he's like got he's an absolute to... bullet header yeah. that got cancelled out on, uh, on Wednesday on uh, Tuesday the, I'm not judging so what I should say I'm not judging his performance at all I've got some concerns that he ain't going to turn out to be the player everyone thinks he is I think a big part of that is are we the sort of team that a defender can thrive in last season we weren't so everyone you know there's a lot of talk that you know, Craig Dawson's a terrible player now and so on. I don't think he was he's just played behind the midfield that let everything come to him that's that's an important part about the J, but I, I I'm not confident about the J. Mm. Uh, for the record, did you see Craig Dawson on Saturday? I I did and chuckled along with with, with Decore and Hughes and Kapoor ahead of him in midfield. You know, I mean that is it's basically a very right, very good midfield. Yeah. It is, yeah. Well, what do you think of the Johnny? I'm not really yeah. judging on his playing. I, I've just got a, I've got to worry about him. One of the big things about a J when he signed, people kept. Talking about him, people do keep talking about his versatility, his ability to play midfield. Yeah. I, I already see after three games, and again, I'm I'm totally with you on this. We can't judge these guys after three games, no. but I can see a Hagazi Bartley partnership oh, really? going forwards. I can see Bartley being in that team. But do you think Ajay yeah. will never play midfield for Albion? I don't think. Not with the current options we've got. No, it's just the fact that he can play there. He is considered an option there, but. I can see Ajayi being the guy that makes way for Agazi when Agazi's back, back yeah. playing. I think, I think Bart, that, that's more about Bartley than Ajayi, to be fair. Yeah. Bartley's, Bartley's been good. Um, he start, I don't know whether you saw those stats recently, that first couple of games, the league games of the season, Bartley's passed, made more successful passes than any other player in the Championship. I did see that. He also ended so, last season very well. Yeah, so he, he's, he's, he seems to be, now that he's not playing left of a back three, he seems to be... Settled and yeah, look good on look good on Saturday. What do you think, Kieran? Where where what do you th- what what position in the Albion team do you think a Jay is going to be playing in ten games time? Well, I think it'll be between like you say, him and Bartley will just be interchanging really. Mm-hmm. I think 
I mean, I've, I haven't been Hagar's biggest fan. <laughs> that's another thing you could have, that's another thing you could have said. Hey, listen to this podcast. We all need, we all need to, uh, we all owe Hagar's a big, a big apology. Yeah, I mean, I'm still not entirely convinced, but no, I, will, I will say that we have missed him when he hasn't been playing at the start of this season. Um, it just seems, I mean, I don't, I personally don't like watching him myself. <laughs> But he does win everything in the box. I think he's a real Billish player, Agazi. Yeah, I think he'll he'll you know, thrive on the way the way Billish plays, just no nonsense. I think he'd have liked Dawson like that, but yeah. But yeah. I guess the thing with the Jays, they needed to sign someone in that position, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it's more cover, isn't it? Really, I yeah. think that's the we've kind of strengthened in everywhere we were lacking, yeah. and then we've let where we were strong just go completely the other way. So it's yeah. kind of six or one and a half, doesn't it? Wasn't it? So it, it, it's, I've got to just say as well, just as a, as a kind of footnote that. Daro Shea played very well on Wednesday and yeah. keep saying Wednesday, Tuesday, keep played well on Tuesday. And has very much, it seems, overtaken Jack Fitzwater as the kind of the the, the, the next best thing coming out of the Do you not have any concern in light of that, how often we could have conceded off set pieces? That, that the set piece thing is is it's I think that's down to zonal marking and that yeah. was something I mentioned to Billich after the game, you know. Is it just something that the players have to get used to? They've been so accustomed to man-to-man marking which is the norm for most clubs you don't see zonal marking very often really certainly not successfully not in England anyway no not in England particularly not in England and particularly not in the Championship so it's something that the players are going to have to get used to the idea of seeing Agazi zonally marking that, see, that, that petrifies me to be honest yeah. because I, he won't be able to do it it's got, very interesting whether he'll goal, persist with that it'd be interesting whether they persist with that or whether they kind of just scrap it um, they've conceded three goals in two games from it's set gonna, pieces. It's, and it's going to be interesting whether or not they need to bring someone else in to do it. I mean, the, the, the I mean Millwall are the extreme end of a championship team. They are tall. They are, you know, they they just give you hell for ninety minutes, and they are clearly a, a presence from set pieces. So they are. You might not get that every week, but so what about moving on? Zahor. So what do you think about Zahor? Run done two point I think. Um, Is that I'm the not, worst thing? Um, no, I'm not. It is for Albion though, because I don't see how. I just feel like he will end up isolated a lot this season with the way Albion seems to be setting up at the minute. Um, it's not. I'm not going to judge him as a footballer because we haven't seen enough of him. But from the style he seems to take up in games, he's going to spend a lot of time just kind of walking around in the box waiting for someone to put a ball in, much like Rondon. And I, uh, I just don't think he's going to fit the style well enough. That's interesting because I would have said he did. So, no. so, so I think Albion have invested really you know, if Albion are going to be successful this season it's going to be in getting those wide players involved in the, in the final third and to that end you need someone that can kind of play back to goal um, so I would have thought Zahor I think, I, I think you're kind of looking for someone that can, can hold it up can bring in others into play and can maybe score one in three which is sort of what he did the last championship season with um, with Cardiff but it's be- was it 12, mm. 12 goals wasn't it with Cardiff I don't think that's enough 11's is best I think so what so but why not why don't you think he fits in with I that just, we've got wide players I just what? don't think he's the player that I mean we've got kind of when he's playing facing his own goal I don't, I don't see why he doesn't seem comfortable he doesn't seem to pick the right pass often yeah. enough and I think that's the issue where say if Austin starts for example he's very much on the front foot getting behind defenders and getting onto crosses whereas the horse seems to be a bit more laboured he's kind of sits back a bit he's not really attacking and I think that's true my, my yeah. personal view is it's good that he's a different option to, to yeah. Austin my concern and I think maybe these are two sides of the same coin is that there should be more that there should be another one like Austin you know, so, so I think I think Albion fans need to get behind the hall as a yeah. striker that can potentially play a part in a tactical game and might score one in three if not they're going to have to get behind how Robson Carner is that player because someone needs to be that uh, Austin isn't going to play all the time so they're going to have to bring, make the most out of you know, out of Willock and Dean Garner and Phillips particularly um, so it's really important that I've got a, actually got a feeling that this is the season for Hal Robson Carner which would be ironic here but uh, what do you think? I will just add to that that I felt in my opinion that he did more in half an hour than Zahor did in an hour yeah. last Saturday I think there's every opportunity for Harold Robson to be a better Zahor than Zahor is. I think, looks a I lot, think it looks like a confidence player as well doesn't it Zahor much like Rondon again. Y- yeah I would say that I think he's very much a championship Rondon Rondon's a Premier League player <laughs> yeah well I thought yeah, that when he took Zahor's, Zahor's, Zahor's a very very championship version he's not, he's not anywhere near as good as Rondon as a footballer but it's 
you can apply it to many things at Jai particularly his early days as a whore needs a goal clearly I was surprised yeah. that he wasn't in, in the squad on Tuesday because I thought he might have he might have involved him just in, in a in the with an opportunity to maybe play and against a weaker Millwall team and, and see if he could uh, can just nick a goal from somewhere it just needs to be that kind of thing I think, okay. just, I'm going to throw a question at his backside or something who, who will start more games for Albion this season the Hall or Hal Robson Carney I'm going to start by saying Hal Robson Carney will I mean, I'm hoping Charlie Austin starts about 40 of them. So, uh, <laughs> we'll I come mean, back to that. Yeah, That's, good luck with that. Yeah. I think this is the season of how Robson Carney is a better Zahor than Zahor, I think. I'd love to hear your opinions going back to the Woman Corner podcast of how Robson Carney. I mean, I, I can't stand him. But I do think... <laughs> I just think tactically there's an opportunity now for a non-goal-scoring goal-scorer I think, for a bloke who pays <laughs> back to goal. I think he's on more of a wavelength with Kravinovic, Diangana, Phillips. Yeah. He'll chase, he'll chase the balls more as well. Yeah, Pereira. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, as I say, I think he. So I, we're going to come back to a couple of other things. So we're going to we're going to make some predictions and so on. It's going to be quite a long podcast in that we haven't done one for a year. But let's stop now and do because it's that moment. Play your West Bromwich Albion cards right. So I'm now going to play. Uh, I'm going to now going to play Bruce Forsyth. That's who did it, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm going to. It's I'm important at this point as a disclaimer that me and Kieran haven't got a clue. What's so no, no. This, this this is my new thing, and it lets me. I, I, I stopped short of calling it a regular feature because it might be rubbish. You won't do it again. <laughs> but I've got, I've got six statistics here, and you're going to have to say Kieran and Joe higher or lower. Okay. We so start off pretty easy, and then it gets harder and harder and harder. So Gary Megson. I like yeah. to mention Gary Megson every podcast. He is, oh, and all these things are probably Wikipedia and wrong, but anyway, he is at 60 years of age. Sir Gary. If you add Zoltan Gearer's League and Cup goals in England together, do they make more or less than Gary Megson's age of 60? Are you going higher or lower, gents? Higher or lower? This is in England. In England. League and Cup, so not friendlies. Including Fulham. Including Fulham, but not not Fulham's Europe League. Are you going 60? Are you going higher or lower? Uh, Joe Chapman. Lower. It's a quick game. Lower, okay? Uh, Kieran Doodle. I'm going to go lower as well. You're both correct. You got 40 league and cup goals in England. So that's 40. We're up 40. Jason Kumas's age. Kieran, are you going higher or lower? Oh, that's close. Uh, Higher. Higher. Joe, are you going higher or lower? I'm going to go lower. Joe, you're correct. He's Uh, 39 years of age. (laughs) So, 39. We're up 39. Rayhan Tuluk. Squad number is that higher or lower than thirty nine? Wow, that's a question. And we're going to go Joe Chapman, Tullock Squandermer, higher or lower than thirty nine? It's working for me. I mean, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go. Kieran, he is lower. He's thirty one. Thirty one. So we're at thirty one. Who? Thirty one. Did Matt Phillips play more or less games than thirty one last season? I'm going to go. Kieran Duda. Is that league and cup or? Wikipedia, this in the league. Okay, it's a league there. Uh, lower? Lower than 31, Joe? Higher? It is higher. Uh, 32. <laughs> 32. Yeah, These that. are ridiculously close. That was. <laughs> I wanted you to get some wrong. So this is our last one now. And to be honest, Joe was always going to do well at this. Yeah. Uh, so the total number of games, according to Wikipedia, played by Lloyd Dyer at the Albion, is that higher or lower than 32? Kim is going higher. Lower. Joe's going lower. Joe has smashed it. <laughs> Lloyd Dyer played 21 games uh, for Albion. I thought it was more, didn't it? Uh, so he's still playing, isn't he? Somewhere. It, uh, is it, somewhere, is it, it back? No, he left. So if both of our listeners want to let us know whether or not they thought that was a good feature, it may well return. But anyway, <laughs> let's, get, let's, let's, let's get back to our players. So, so who else have we signed? We've signed oh, let's go to Charles. We're on the, we're on the, talk to, talk we're on the deadline day. We're on the deadline day. Oh, well, a quick yeah. word for Furlong. I was impressed by what I saw. I think. Right back's really intriguing this season because it's been our problem position for so long. Properly, I mean, I don't even know. We're going back to Stephen Reid, Billy Jones kind of days where we had a really settled right back. Yeah. And in the meantime, you know, we've had kind of knee arm and uh, who, who Dawson, Dawson, Dawson for, ages, for ages. Yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden, we've got a, a, a young lad through the ranks who's not played any kind of senior football prior to this season. 
And all of a sudden, he's taken the position of a place that everyone thought was a shoe Well, I'm nervous about Nathan Ferguson because I love the guy so much. I don't really want to say it. I, 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 Nathan Ferguson, I saw t- I've, only, I've only seen him play two games. But I think that kid's playing for England one day. I just think he just looks brilliant. There's he your just, podcast headline. I know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Harlops and Carnu will be good. And I just think he looks great. So now I think it's interesting. But, I'm, uh, but so who do you think, think long term is going to be playing? Do you think it'll be Furlong or Ferguson? The fact that he's gone with Ferguson from the off, he's got to be careful how he manages him because he's 18 years old and you don't want to. He could have 15 games where he's good and then, you know, by October, November time, he might be struggling with the kind of the pace of it. I don't know. I could be totally out with that. but I think he had to play Ferguson. I don't know if he's. Saw... come to sit on the bench. No, no. And did you see the Bournemouth game? He was the be- Ferguson was the best player in the Bournemouth game. He kind of had to. And play he was him. man of the match against Forrest. Yeah. But at the same time, Furlong was. I thought one of the better players in the cup in the week. Yeah, I mean certainly. Don't know uh, whether he's done enough to get the get the, uh, the the gig in the league yet, but. Yeah, certainly it seems to us. I mean, I think we probably all agree. Right back, we're all scarred by how long it's taken to have a decent right back, and you know, yeah. we finally got we finally got a, we must have one out of them two now, mustn't we? Yeah, I think. Uh, Billick seems to like playing with the younger players as well. He seems to enjoy it. If you yeah. look at how he's uh, animated, he's talking to him and Edwards, Edwards in particular. He, he just loves to. He seems to enjoy getting more out of younger players. So that ma- that makes me think Ferguson might get get the nod overall this season. But I think he's asking a lot for him to come in, play forty six games. Yeah, in yeah. a championship. Well, I think so. that's probably a good thing, really, that you can take the pressure off him. You know, yeah. he doesn't have to. So, should we just bounce into talking about deadline day in general? My overarching feeling is that I was really pleased they got Austin in the end, but they needed two of him, really. You know, that that, that Charlie Austin. Mm. I, it's interesting. I'm less worried about Austin's um, fitness as I am his keenness. So I, I just pray. But I honestly think Albion's whole season is on the shoulders of Charlie Austin actually really caring about football anymore. Because I think there's a, I don't think this gets talked about a lot. There's a long list of footballers that just become rich and stop caring. There's loads of them. I honestly think Michael Owen was one of them, but Darren Benton, uh, Micah Richards, there's tons of them. They're all in. Sean Wright Phillips, they all did it. And I just hope Austin isn't one of them. That's my concern. I'll tell you why I think you're wrong. Because I watched him for an hour on Tuesday and he couldn't have been more eager to play. Um, yeah. He's dropped down the division. And I know it was deadline day, and I know he probably waited for Premier League offers, but ultimately he's dropped down. Probably didn't like the Nassau manager very much either. Mm-hmm. But he's playing. He's going. He knows if he's fit, he's going to be playing every week here, much like Gale last year. The concern I absolutely agree with is that he can't score forty-five goals the way that the two lads last season did. Yeah. And so Austin might replace Gale, but we're still a Jay Rodriguez short of where we were. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So it's a case of where are those goals going to come from? Are we going to get 85 goals think, again this season? I think we just need to knock that on the head completely. I think once they both went, we were never going to replace the goals. But, no, we, were, but we were very, very poor defensive last season yeah. and we've got a chance. We and we've had no clean sheets this season. That's that's exactly what it is. We need to focus on defence more than replacing 46 goals because it isn't going to happen. You've just got to hope so. that all these guys, the Ingarner, Pereira, Willock, uh, Edwards, Phillips, Kravinovic, can somehow... Magical thirty goals between them. Yeah. My my positive about Austin is I I think that injury the injury thing doesn't worry me as much because I think players do get to, do tend to get more injured at teams like Southampton and previously Albion but teams have got nothing to play for and Niggles a different thing you don't seem to get a lot as many injuries in a team that's in the playoffs you know players get fit they get in there yeah. they get to the to the close and and I'd hope again if he cares that's why I'm talking about keenness against against um, yeah, likely, likelihood of injury if he cares he'll, he'll, he'll get fit yeah. he'll get in there yeah. and I think he'll play more games this he season. had a late start to his career as well didn't he yeah so he's I come think, don't like, forget he was like a bricklayer wasn't like he? Ricky Lambert he's really you know he's come so, through he's come through yeah. from nowhere I don't really. think he'd take it for granted I don't think he'll put the effort in all season to be fair well I think, I think that's a, a really important thing but I mean that's the the squad looks a bit it looks a bit reliant on people I think it's hugely reliant on mm. Sawyers and I think it's yeah. enormously reliant on Austin and if and Austin just has to work, if Austin don't work, Albion they can't even dream of the playoffs. Really, can they? Phillips needs a strong season as well. I'd say. Yeah, I think. It, I think. I think we'll be. I think we'll be good away from home this year because I know we got some decent results away from home last year. But after watching us against Forest, I know it's a bit of a fluke goal that won it. But the way we play, the players we have, I just think we could hurt teams. I don't. And you might not need too much of it in the way of. You know, an out and out prolific goal scorer or a target man. 
yeah. when you've got Phillips, Edwards, Kravinovic, well, Diangana, blah blah blah. In general, that's definitely the case because we, we conceded more more than any other team in the top half. So obviously, you didn't need all those goals. So a lot of the time, you were you were paying for the fact that you were conceded. You know, but yeah. So Sam Johnson is. I was trying to think about this earlier. Sam Johnson that would have now played forty nine championship games. Would I be right in saying he's had about six clean sheets? It might even be less right, than that. Obviously, right, Villa was just one. It'll have, it'll have made a few more than that, but the, it was still it's still particularly worrying. You go back in the big big games last season, we conceded four at Leeds. Yeah, conceded. Uh, was it in the back end of the back end of the season? Jimmy Shamway had a couple of poor results. Three at Bristol City, and yeah, they're worried. It's the fact that they conceded against everyone that worries me. You know, it's not. Yeah, I mean it, that did worry me. You know, Albion got a few tatters last season. The likes of which I haven't seen them get in the championship for quite some time. You know, you'd never get under Megson and so on, but. Um, but they just found a way to concede every game. You know, if you want, if you if you went, they won seven, like, you know won seven won against one. QPR. Yeah, and still conceded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what do you think? Just in general, talking about that, the, the, the transfer deadline day, uh, yeah. Kieran. Which one? Which of the players are you excited about? Which do you really think they didn't need to? Dan Garner, I'm excited about. Yeah, West Ham. He played. He played pretty much every game, didn't he? Last half of last season. Yes. Right after the injury, and he he didn't look out of place. I think he's a Premier League player. And I think he'll bring a lot of quality to us in the front three. But you know, the whole in general, the whole all four signings. I think we needed them anyway. So everything we needed, the club went and got. So you can't really knock the business in general. I just don't. I think the problem these signings in particular have got is they're just they're going to be compared to Rodriguez and Gale, no yeah. matter what they do. And we're we're a different side to what we were last season. Isn't it? I think you know our plays from midfield, whereas um, central midfield was non-existent and often the downfall last season. Yeah. Whereas we're going to win games from central midfield this year. We, we're not going to get as many goals, but I'm hoping when Agazi comes back and when Village hopefully knocks Zona Market on the head, we'll be we'll look solid as well. And yeah. I think you know you don't need to score six, seven goals to win games, do you? No. It's just we made it look like that last season. So I think if we just we have this season now as a completely clean slate and stop comparing it to last year fans in general will be a lot more happy with what we're doing yeah I think, I think that's what, although I think, I think an element of realism doesn't, doesn't harm either because I do think yeah. I was just talking to a Blackburn fan and I was thinking yeah we're probably in the same arena Blackburn and us realistically you know we, we are um, we, we probably are likely teams that, are, that, that you know would be fortunate to kind of get in the players however I don't think that's where we are between Albion fans uh, head, yeah, ears and I, th- and I think we are, it, 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 I, suppose, I, I almost think it's useful, the point you made, to just be clear that Albion, on paper, are a worse team now than they were this time last season. And yeah. on paper, they're a worse team now than they were in January as well. You know, Holgate, Holgate and Gibbs was, a, was an exceptional pairing um, wide. Dawson, on paper, was a very good championship, um, uh, championship player. We had those two players. We definitely, on paper, had a worse central midfield than we do now. You know, Sawyer was getting that team at kind of any point. But I do think it's. Uh, I don't know whether or not the expectation has met up really. That you know, if Albion get up this year, it's through an enormous overperformance as compared to last season when they had much much better players. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, everyone saw the shortcomings last season, regardless of who the manager was and at what position they were play- the, the players were playing. It's strange, really, because all these different transfer windows—they seem to have the same optimism. It, yeah. it appears like yes. we've had a great window yeah. every time. Oh, Jacob Murphy signed fantastic. Jacob Murphy was useless. Yeah. So was Jefferson Montero. I was thrilled at that. Everyone was. Uh, maybe it was the fact that they all arrived at the same time, and the same happened the year before that. We're gonna have the best season we've ever had under Tony Pulis because we've brought in Oliver Burke and yeah. <laughs> Gareth Barry and Agassi and Gibbs, and okay, a, a number of them have done decent jobs despite the relegation, and they're still here, but. They need to uh, actually show the kind of what they've invested in the players permanently, the permanent signings and the loan signings. I think even as compared to that January, if you think, I mean, Albion. So they signed some players that turned out to be kind of duds. I wonder if struggles to remember some of their names. But the lad from Fulham, I was thrilled that we signed because obviously we had a huge problem in midfield, and Nicky still couldn't get. I've forgotten his name. Yeah, yeah. I was thrilled we signed him, and he turned out, and he turned out to be nothing like the player he was. Um, yeah, Jacob Murphy says this time we've we've completed it, and you think, well, we're at least one goal scorer like and, and 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 I do think that obviously you have Rodriguez and Gale hanging over, but it's not even just that; it's just 
who scores the goals when Austin isn't there? Is Willock supposed to be the answer? Well, Willock is the one remaining player in the squad of all the new players that have signed that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Because even Pereira got on for a little while on Tuesday, and to be fair, it was only on for maybe 15, 20 minutes, yeah. but he looked he looked a real real player with the, with the ball at his feet. He showed off his pace once or twice, and there's a lot more to come from him, I'd imagine. And Willock, you just don't really know yet. It's so difficult to tell. He's a lad that Arsenal were keen to keep, mm-hmm. I understand, and he went to Benfica very much the same way Louis Barry's gone to Barcelona. Willocks can play as a centre forward, can play as an attacking midfielder, although we're not exactly sure on those. So it might be that Willock comes in and, and has a has a look <coughs> in. Willock's the most unusual sign of them all, isn't he? He's the one that, so on the face of it, his goal scoring record suggests that they're probably more likely to play him off a striker than as a striker, yeah. and yet. They didn't really need anyone off a striker, and they did really need someone. But is he going to play ahead of Austin, kind of ahead of Austin and as a whore? I mean, even the way Billich talks about it refers to even Burke. He considers Burke to be a centre forward option. So, where does Willock fit into it? It's a strange one. You know where Pereira is going to be because Pereira and Edwards will be battling for a place. Phillips and Diangana will be battling for a place on either side. It might be that Willock and Krivinovic battle for a place. At the minute, Kravinovic has got that nailed down. Yeah. So actually, so, so I think we've covered that, and I think it's probably important. We're a year on. We haven't been on this podcast for a whole year. So, you know, we've moved on from certain things and so on, and yet I'm still going to bring back our popular feature, everything we love about Alan Pardew. So let's get it out there, people. <laughs> that is not going to jump. He's... Goals on Sunday record. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well that's great. Well, more of that next week. Okay, so um, I think it, it being the start of the season and the fact that we haven't made a podcast for a year, um, let's make some predictions then. So I'm going to start off with finishing plays for West Bromwich Albion Football Club. Ooh. Joe, where are they going to finish? Well, I remember very clearly Kieran doing a couple of videos with me before the before a ball was kicked, and I said we had to sign a goal scorer, otherwise a top half finish or a top ten finish was likely. Yeah, rather than. The alternative of a, a, a playoff spot. I still think that uh, you've got the free agent market, you've got the January window to come. A lot can be affected between now and the, the end of the season. <sighs> it's a big question, isn't it? I would normally get it horribly wrong, but actually last season I got it spot on. I said we finished fourth. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm going to say we're finishing the playoffs again. I'm not going to nail down a. a no, you are. No, I don't have a position. All right, six. <laughs> Come on, then. Oh, see, it now it just sounds like I think we'll be scraping into the, the playoff places this year. Um, so I'd go with six as well. I, I don't think we're strong enough to be challenging top two. I don't think we're anywhere near. The thing is, I don't know, actually. I keep thinking, I keep referring to Albion and, and the, the where we are, where we think we're going to be. But I think, this, I think the championship's weaker this season. Yeah, there's not. Oh, that's interesting, because I've got... I, Weaker in I mean it's got I think it's got less quality size but also in the by the same token it's going to be closer Can I just complete this loop and let's come back to that because I think that's an interesting point so I, I, as it happens I was going to say sixth as well so how <laughs> fascinating for everyone listening that we all finish sixth um, that's interesting that you think it's got because sort of, the next question I want to ask is who's going to finish first but let's have this conversation but I kind of feel like it's true Fulham seems to have an embarrassment riches of to me. The, the front yeah. three of when I think back to some of the teams that Albion got promoted with, they didn't. They weren't up against teams that have a front three like Leeds do now. That front three is ridiculous. I mean, maybe Bamford fast, but those wingers are just ridiculous. Hernandez and Costa. Yeah, that is that's incredible. I think the same of Fulham, and I think you know they've still got they've still got yeah underperforming twenty million pound defenders there and so on. And people say they're going to ship goals, but they shouldn't really. Yeah. What I would say is about that at Fulham. I actually think Fulham have got the best front three. They got a better front three than Leeds. Well, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. They got Mitrovic. They got Anthony Knockhart, and they got Cavalera. Yeah. But I draw a lot of comparisons with Fulham with Albion last season. They appointed a man that has got no managerial uh, expertise or experience. They're giving it him on the basis of a stint as Premier League caretaker the year yeah. before. He's got a lot of big names there that he's going to have to manage. Scott Parker's not Darren Moore. They might be, they're different guys. They're different. They might be different managers. So he might be a success. But I can see Fulham finishing second or finishing twelfth. Well, I mean Stoke is actually the, cons- the comparison they should concern themselves with. Really, I just, Sto- I we we all came here last week last year and said Stoke would finish first. Yeah, no one's going to say it this year. Either. I thought Stoke would win the league. I, I thought Stoke would win the league last year, and I can I can see them having a, as bad a season this year as last season. Go on, Karen, so that's the next prediction. Then who's going to win the championship? We're all going to say the same. Too many. 
I might go outside. I might go with an outside. Well, Norwich were outsiders, so, you know. I might go with Brentford, you know. What? Yeah. That's interesting. That's very I interesting. I think Brentford, well, maybe not win it, but I do think they'll be up there. I think they've got a really good chance of promotion this year. I think they could go under the radar. They're strong throughout the squad. You know you said Matt, maybe not winning when asked. You, you are yeah. naming Brentford. <laughs> Brentford then. Don't Brentford. say Leeds. We'll go with Brentford. Minus, minus, minus more pie. So they've got to yeah. find some goals from somewhere, haven't they? They yeah. hold on to Ben Rama and they sign Pontus Janssen. Yes. So, and good I, I, always, I always make this point, I'm not going to this year, but I always make this point that for, to find the, the winner of the championship, look at about fifth or sixth last year. And it's a team that's yeah. on a journey and getting, uh, getting better. And Sheffield United were an instance of that this time. Maybe mm. not Norwich, but, but Norwich was starting to um, improve. I remember when Wolves went up, it was a similar thing. Sixth, Albion finished sixth the first. However, I'm going to say Leeds. <laughs> I would say that just on a kind of discussing the how close it's going to be, how I think it might be weaker. I think Villa, Sheffield United, and Norwich are better teams than Huddersfield, Cardiff, and Fulham. Uh, yes, Huddersfield yeah. are going to be nowhere this season. I don't think. No, Cardiff. I, I thought Cardiff actually might might be up there. I think Cardiff might be top two. And then you've got Luton, Barnsley, and Charlton. Well, Charlton have won two games, but but yeah. Bolton. Went down with Ipswich and Rotherham. Rotherham. So then that's much of a muchness for me. But I actually think it's going to be closer at both ends of the table. I don't think you're going to have teams as strong as Norwich and Sheffield United who kind of pull away as, as, uh, with Leeds like they did last year as a top three. And equally, I think the bottom will be as close as ever, whether so, it be three or four points separating seven or eight. So go on then. After 46 games, who's number one? Um, I'm going to go Cardiff. I think Cardiff win the league. Crikey. Yeah, oh, I think Warnock, Warnock, Warnock's final season, I can absolutely see him. I can yes, I could not, I wouldn't be happy to see Warnock. I can absolutely see no, Colin. Absolutely. I can see Colin going out on top. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, it's it's an interesting. Um, that's interesting. So you've both known teams. I, I wouldn't imagine they could be in the top six. So uh, so. Good Bristol City, shout out to Bristol City as well. So oh, they've had a fantastic summer. So I've just started field. to think that there's there's some pretty. You know, it, Bristol City, but also even teams like Sheffield Wednesday and Derby, teams that you don't necessarily think of. They've got good teams. Sheffield Wednesday got a manager, or they just go with Lee Buller? I don't know. Well, they've won the first two, haven't they? Oh, yeah, it's, that's the point. Rooney going to Derby. Uh, oh, well, let's talk about. I was going to I was going to mention Rooney because I think we've got di- opposing views on this. It, uh, I, 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 I played. It's red nonsense. I played, <laughs> I played like, the total, the total uh, consummate. Like miserable Albion fan, really. And the, I saw that I saw Rooney supposed to be going to Derby, and I, and I was thinking, God, I really wish Albion could have Rooney. And then I read a story like about a minute later from, from in the Daily Mail. Um, you know, Albion are going to try and hide at the roof. Rooney, I thought, don't get Rooney. What are you doing? So I'm entirely not happy with it. But actually, I was in the end pleased. I just think he's he's sort of past his best. However, he is. Yeah, but being past his best is still a lot better than the majority of the championship. I don't think people realise how good Rooney was. Yeah, he's absolute and. He will, he will make a massive difference. You think he'll tear it up? I'm yeah, very, very completely. interested to see how they kind of approach it with the season, this kind of the selling it as this player coach role. Will he play 35 games? Will he play 10 games? Well, is it a bit of a P, isn't it, really? More than. Yeah, but is it a bit of a token <laughs> signing like, in that respect? Is he going to play a few games and actually just stand behind Philip Koku all season? F- or is he going to yeah. be a proper player? I think obviously it's going to take him a couple of games because the pace is going to be different class to what he's used to in America. but He's fit. He's still as fit. We're giving Gareth Barry a new deal. He's five years older. Yeah, than exactly. So, you know. And I don't, you know, Rooney isn't going to be a player running like he used to. But if you put him up front and give him the ball, I'll it tell you will, what, he'll make chances. Speaking to the head of the Chris Brown fan club, imagine Bruton against Rooney this season. Oh, stop! Most the passive. Stop. Uh, <laughs> dude, dude, he's gone. Let's let's bounce into the then. Who's going to be Albion's player of the year this season? Ooh. Oh. I've got an answer, so so I feel space. Yeah, I'm going to just try and mix up a little bit. I think. I hope that Krivinovic uh, has the season that I anticipate he'll have, he can have, yeah. judging by the very, very early stages. I think it'd be a good time for Albin if he did. I'm going to say Sawyers, because like, for that point I made before, I think he has good games when he's not even when he's not playing above himself, and I think Sawyers will play, will be 7-8 seven, seven to eight out of 10 every single game this season. Yeah, Kieran? Uh, we have I taken hope, the two obvious ones. I hope Phillips has a season where he gets yes. a better look with injury. And I think he, if he can stay fit all year, I think he could be key to Albion this year. I think, yeah. I, I mean, he, he could, could be. Games he play your Albion cards right. How many, how many 30, games he played 32 games. 32, so if he can play another. There were key parts of the season as well. Like and, I mean, I, I, I really, I don't yeah. think people give Phillips the credit. When you think, no. the different positions, he actually played, he, he, he properly played in three totally different positions last year. He played, you know, wide in the front three, he played central, and he played uh, wing back. And he played them all terrifically well. Yeah. The, he was the best, he was, he, 
he, just before Barnes totally took over for the first kind of six to eight games Phillips was our best player yeah. and I mean he was, he was good whenever he played he, he made our midfield better when he, when he moved in I think it's a really because I think because he's such a good player I think on the right side of midfield well the front three I think it, he's perfect I think, I think there's a real chance he could be the start. You do wonder if Billich will revisit that 4-3-3 yeah. whether, whether he can, you can see when Barry comes back into the equation whether he thinks I can afford to have a little more Barry and Sawyers and he has two other guys by the side of Austin mm. that would mean mm. probably dropping Grunich it's not our decision it's not my, no. it's not my <laughs> dilemma to have to one try and solve but, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky one but so at least we've got options let's throw another one in who's going to be the championship's top goal scorer God, the championship I mean I just I don't rate Banford no um, no he's, he, he's among the obvious ones and yet I think Mitrovic could score 30 oh, goals I see it's just you like my echo yeah you will not. I mean, I'll be all right. We can do it because we've had different ones. Because I was going to say Mitrovic as well. So all of us think Mitrovic is a good You know, that was yeah. the first guy I expected to be out the door at Fulham, and yep. instead he signed a new deal. Total opposite. And then I expected Gale to go there for a large period, and Gale and Mitrovic would have been better than Gale and Red Rodriguez, I, I think. Yeah. So the fact that he hasn't moved anywhere, was, I suppose it's his loss because he's not going to get much football at Newcastle this season. But going back to the Championship strikers, there's no more pie. No Billy Sharp, there's no Timu Puki, kind of the guys that were at the top end of the, uh, and obviously the Rodriguez and Gale aren't there either. So I think it's interesting that you're saying very this. open one. Because who else is like Austin in the Championship? Yeah, because we're talking about because like, Mitrovic isn't isn't an, he's not that kind of player really. He's, he, he's more of a he's more of a goal scoring um, Ronda really. You know? yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a player who can hold up the ball and so on, and, and he's more he's, he's a, very he's a target player. Man. There aren't that many. There aren't, you know, we had Gale, we had one last year in Gale, and like you said, more players probably an example. There aren't that. Unless we don't know them yet, there aren't that many goal scoring goal scorers. No, no, there's not that many, especially with all the guys we just mentioned that are all either in the Premier League now or, in fact, they're all in the Premier League now. Yeah. So I, I, I just I wonder whether even Tammy Abraham got now over twenty six, twenty seven goals. So I just wonder whether there is a guy that you, as you say, that we haven't really kind of thought of yet. I think looking at a lot of the teams, the way they play as well, it could be like a attacking midfielder player rather than a striker that gets it. Yeah, you'd back Costa and Caballero. Yeah, definitely. To get double figures at their respective clubs at the top end, and Ben Rama got fifteen goals or whatever it was, I think, last season. I'm trying to think after Molly McBurney's left Swansea. I heard a stat the other day saying uh, I think it was thirty thirty five players scored ten or more goals in the Championship last year, and more than half of them were in the the Premier League now. Yeah, there there were big, big, uh, really highly coveted players that were all deemed good enough. Shea Adams been another one. You know, there's so many. So it's actually trying to think. It's actually trying to work out in your head who you think is going to be up there because yeah. you could say Bristol. So who Bristol City centre forwards? I'm trying to think who they've even got up front. They got Jeju and they signed um, signed someone else, didn't they? Later on. Oh, a phobie. I mean, a phobie could be an absolute. Yeah. Well, be it. Sue Stoke got. Who's going to who's going to play up front for Stoke this season? Sam Vogt was going to get 25 goals. No, I think Stoke's trial force is interesting. Stoke loans. Oh, they of course loaned Hogan. They loaned Scott Hogan, who could be a masterstroke, could be. Yeah, I wouldn't have been unhappy with Hogan. I'm not a massive fan. Anyway, we've made we've we've, uh, we've made some predictions there. Then we all think we're going to finish sixth. We all think Mitrovic is going to score uh, the most goals in the championship, and we then then we veered off in sort of different directions. But it's it's great to be back, isn't it? Let's uh, yeah. let's make this a more regular thing now. Um, uh, we're we're going to head off in our opposite direction. So I know we're obscurely in Will and all and everyone else with assistance, but we're going to make this happen from now on. So, uh, so, uh, so thank you all for joining us again, and please do join us again for another Wolfman Corner.